Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well. Thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go eight and four this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? And we're back. Uh, a little different this week. Uh, usually we release Wednesday nights now, uh, but I had some stuff going on this week. We we're going to do Thursday. Kiernan told me at 4.30 that he had some stuff come up. He had to handle. No issues with him on that. Shit happened. So we have, I think, the first guess on tailgate in the quad. Definitely the first this season. I think the first ever. We have Jared from the corner booth back on the show. Jared, how are you doing, bud? Thank you for saving my ass today. Well, one buddy always when when a friend needs it, when a friend asks for help, you help them. Um, I've been trying to go a little drier on weekdays, so I'm trying to hold off my drinking till six thirty, seven o'clock when our show starts live up here on, on uh, YouTube. But um, listen, after what my hurricanes did last uh, Saturday, I kind of wanted just to drink myself under the table. Um, that being said, also I am not reassured the ACC is the most corrupt conference in college football. Um, I'll, when we when we talk about Miami later, I'll, obviously I'll tell you more about that one. We'll get into that, but first I want to talk about corrupt organizations. Ooh. Uh, the big networks, your Foxes of the world, your ESPNs, your CBSs, they are killing college football. And mm-hmm. the first thing that made me think of this: Ohio State, Penn State game yeah. this year, big game. Both teams are doing phenomenally. Ohio State adds some struggles, but they're winning. Penn State not really playing. Should be a big game. We'll have major college football playoff implications. You'd think that would be a primetime game, right? <laughs> gotta love, gotta love uh, exclusivity contracts. Big noon kickoff on Fox. What the fuck are we doing, Jared? I, I, you know what it was so funny? Like, I still think it's better than the fact that like they've had some big MB- games on like NBC for Notre Dame, which I can't stand. They're college, like I don't mind Tariqo, but he's only good for college uh, for pro football. And the biggest thing to me with all the, a lot of these contracts and things like they're like, oh, big noon kickoff. And it was two mid-tier uh, Big Ten or Big 12 teams. And I was just like, I think it was last week's panel. I'm sitting there. I'm like, how is this? How do you bill this? 
and and I swear their marketing department has to like literally just like do like the the face palm from like airplane because they, they I don't understand how some of these executives when it comes to like exclusivity contracts and deals with certain networks have with certain conferences and like how the like so how was the biggest game of the night it ended up being a huge game what was the what was the night game oh no there was no great night game for that game two weeks ago with Notre yeah. Dame and Ohio State it was a Bunch of sh- crappy Pac-12 teams. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. I love when there's two shit teams on for the big noon kickoff or the noon kickoff oh, on yeah. ESPN or something. It's, a, it's, it's an appetizer. A, yeah, it's so I was. It's an appetizer. It's the foreplay. We've compared yeah, a lot I of things. Watch to that one on the treadmill show. after work. Yeah, yeah, you can just relax. You know, start your morning off well. Watch a little game day. Although I brought up my issues with game day last week. Watch some pregame stuff. Get into a nice shit game you don't really care about, or watch your team have a blowout. Exactly. Not arguably the biggest game of the year. It it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, also, did you see what ESPN CFB put out? This also isn't even getting into how the big networks killed conferences by paying certain schools money to leave their conferences. But did you see the ESPN S? ESPN CFB on Instagram put out their best teams in college football. I did not see. I heard. So I saw so this was it, trending on Twitter, but I didn't actually see it yet. So it, it's all like the teams you expect. Georgia, Florida State, Oklahoma, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, USC. So, and they have on their kind of their best win. Georgia is, I think they had Kentucky. Yep. Georgia's Kentucky, Florida State, LSU. Oklahoma's Texas, Washington at Arizona, which Arizona's not that good. Uh, Michigan. Look, we all know Michigan has played a shit schedule. Like, they haven't played anybody. Yeah. No. Uh, that's the way to win in college football. It's a way to get into do college football playoffs. You play shit teams, you blow them all out, you get it. But they're putting their commentary on it. It's not best win picking a shit school or just saying no bet, like best win. They don't really have one. It's Best win for Michigan. Uh, Saturday at Minnesota, question mark, September 30th at Nebraska, September 23rd against Rutgers, question mark. Against we don't, if you want your personalities to give that those thoughts, that's fine. When you're just putting out the information on Instagram, we don't need your underpaid fucking social media manager's thoughts on this. As an underpaid social media manager, nobody gives a shit what my thoughts are. I don't give a shit what this intern's thoughts are. It's it's almost like when like uh so I also work in marketing and social media as well for part of my job, and you know my my director always says like dude you cannot type emails or social media like you speak you have to like have some kind of professional decorum because not everyone reading your stuff is going to read it in your voice like if I'm listening listening to a tweet from Pat McAfee or Boston Connor the one of the boys over there at the show I'll hear their voice or if I hear like um. Ian Rappaport tweets something. I hear Ian Rappaport or Schefter or anybody say their stuff. But the second, like, it's a block, when it's a, just a graphic, I don't know who fucking wrote this. And so I don't understand, like, if I'm like, why are you putting four question marks? Who who got drunk and posted something on, yeah. on the website? And and you brought it up. Like, if the Pat McAfee show put this out, you would hear it in one of their voices. Exactly. It would make sense. It would fit the brand. 
Because let's be honest, Pat McAfee show, it's not a super professional brand. That's not how they yeah. put themselves out there. Why do you think I that's bought why, that show? That's why they're successful. I'm not knocking yeah. the development of that show, but it, it fits them. ESPN CFB tries to put themselves out there as a professional, legitimate news source. And they don't. And then Penn State, best win. Yeesh. September 23rd versus Iowa, 31-0. Iowa's 5-1. and one. Yeah, th- their, their only problem is, is their quarterback couldn't stay healthy. And Brian Ferentz. But... Well, th- that, that's, that's like Mark Rick's kid calling games for uh, the Hurricanes back in the day. It really yeah. is just kind of a sad thing. Like, honestly, a 31 to nothing drubbing of Iowa is impressive. Not necessarily that they held Iowa to zero points, but the it's fact a, they put up 31 on them. On that amazing defense, which is what, ranked top five in the Big Ten? Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. So, it it's ridiculous. And, and then also... Oregon's best win was against Colorado where they dominated. And then USC's best win was when they won by seven against Colorado. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's not, I just, yeah, I hate. And that's why for all college football and sports related news, you should go to smaller publications like belly up sports. Exactly. We don't try to, we are what they aren't. We don't try to be something we're not. Like, I only go, like, I'll watch game day if I'm at work and it's slow as shit. Like, it's going to be slow as hell on Saturday. And I, me and my boss have had this conversation before on a Saturday. I'm basically just there as backup for the guy at the counter. If I'm done with all my planning for next week, I have college game day on my phone while I'm typing. Like, while I'm, like, returning emails. Because to me, if there's no customers coming in, there's no reason for me to be there. So, I will, you know, put game day on. But at the same time, like, the only reason I watch game days because Fox is just as bad, if not worse. Oh yeah, that's that's why I'll watch it because there's nothing else on. I think I'm my boy McAfee. So, uh, it. If you want to hear my thoughts on McAfee on game day, listen to our episode last week. I, I did not have a chance thoughts. yet, so I'm actually kind of intrigued. I'm gonna have to listen to it. I have time. some thoughts on that, but moving on from networks killing sports, we're gonna talk about an employee of one of these networks. Jared, there's some rumors going around. Oh, boy. Uh, Michigan State is going from one Title IX violator to another. Allegedly, Urban Meyer is interested in the Michigan State job. They don't want to last No, they don't. Jared, what are your thoughts on this? Well, like you took, you kind of just stole the, you kind of took the joke that I was thinking of right there. I tried to word it in a way that wouldn't get us canceled. Because remember, the last time I came on this show, I call, I attributed DJU to Domino's Pizza from Ohio State. He's obviously played better because, you know, Oregon State's still ranked right now, so good for him. Um, But at the same time, when I think of Michigan State right now, I think of Michigan itself and, like, where the area it's from. I think of water problems. I think of of issues with, you know, gymnastics coaches or trainers. I think of now with – who I, can't, I for the life of me, they're Frank. They're uh, it's Franklin's the coach last name, right? The one that just got canned. No, that's Penn State. Uh, Penn State. Mel no, Tucker. sorry. Uh, who Mel is it? Tucker. Mel, Mel Tucker. Tucker. Sorry. Yeah, no, and Mel Tucker with his bullshit now with the with the uh, with the uh, the woman with all the allegations and shit like that. Why would you want to bring in more problems? You should hire like some like like Al Golden looking doofus with a freaking tie. Who's not going to look at anything the wrong way. Because at this point, Michigan state, we all know with Tom Izzo, it's a good basketball school. They've always had the consistency and they've had the prestige of, you know, his kind of shtick. Right. But 
with football pro when they're thinking of their football program and every other athletic program, I haven't seen anything. It doesn't give me any kind of good vibes. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's this, the, I, I see the big name higher, but I'm like, Oh dude, like, is it worth it? <laughs> I think they want to change that. I think, Unlike a school similar to Kentucky, how they're kind of good being a basketball school. They don't really care as much about football. I think Michigan State is sick of being in that tier two or three of the Big Ten. They're sick of being an afterthought. So I think they want to make this splash higher. The problem is I don't think this fits Urban. If you look at Urban's last two stops in college, not the NFL. We're not going to talk about Jacksonville. But... Florida. They had some really successful programs with Steve Spurrier. Really and one successful shitty program. ESPN documentary. Yeah. Yeah. That. But, and then Spurrier left. They found some, they weren't great after. And then Urban came in, built the program back up. Ohio State, same thing. They were starting to fall in some hard times. Urban came in, fixed it, uh, faked the heart attack and got fired again or left. And, Michigan State doesn't have that history. Yeah. And I'm not saying Urban's a, nerd, a history nerd when it comes to college football, but I think that history shows the school will put more money into the program. And I think Michigan State's a question mark. Are they going to go, hey, we hired Urban Meyer. All right, that's all your budget for the next four years. Yeah. And I think that should be a concern for Urban. How much money are the Spartans actually willing to put into this program? And it's, it's not like Prime where he's going to make X amount of dollars immediately because of his charisma and his brand. Urban Meyer doesn't have a brand as a coach like that. And I think this is what really has they have to consider almost like it's – I think it's just a bad idea. It's almost like um, – reminds me of when like that random MLB team every year makes a crazy run for a superstar. They have no business paying, and they take the deal – but they're miserable and they're terrible. A la Chris Bryant in Colorado last uh, two seasons ago, I believe. And, or Zach Granke going to uh, back to Kansas city. I mean, he started his career there, but that's all in our ball game, but it kind of gives that same vibe where I'm like, you're too big of a fish for this pond. And I think Michigan state's direction is they have to go in a way of like finding the next young coach. Like they should have gone and gone and went out and got like a Rhett Lashley who like killed it at Miami is now like starting to lead his alma mater SMU. Go get like a young hot coordinator who has no name preference, who is from some small podunk town, who's not, who's already married with five kids, not the urban type of married, but actually married and go from there. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I was apprehensive about the Mel Tucker money at the time. Obviously now, it was a terrible oh, decision. Yeah. But at the time, it made a little sense. I think they overpaid. But mm -hmm. Michigan State's that kind of program where they're not going to make that splash higher. So they have to overpay a little bit for an incoming coach. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't work out. But just try not to hire a sexual deviant the next time you do it. Yeah. Although it didn't work out before he had that one season and then was like, oh, sweet, I made my 100 mil, I'm done. Well, we uh, remember we were also, you and me, watched I, together like two or three of those games, and they basically relied on the fact that Kenneth Walker was a Pro Bowl-level running back. That's that's basically yeah. was 80% of their offense. Yeah. 
it's basically Penn State back when they had um, Saquon. It's that's the only reason they were relevant nationally is because they had a all all world running back run the ball for them. Yeah, I think Penn State had a little bit more to them than that. I think. Oh no, no, no! They had good. better but, players, but at a dumb but, down scale. Yeah, I get same kind of I, thing. I get what you're saying, but also I think part of that is it's on the coach to recognize that. Like some coach would go, "Well, yeah, he is our guy, but we need to get everyone involved." In some coaches are like, no, I'm not going to reinvent the fucking wheel here. I have a historically great running back. I'm going to give him the ball. Exactly. So, but no, I'm, I'm curious. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is just, they called him up. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll take the meeting. And then. And somebody got a hold some, some interns. Like, oh, we got to create some buzz. We got to create some buzz. Yeah. Leak it. And then. Uh, uh, well, he was probably just there as a layover for some reason for big noon kickoff. And then they just said, Oh, he's in, he's in East Lansing. Yeah. Maybe I'll shut these guys up. I take the damn meeting. <coughs> yeah. So, but tried to, <laughs> tried to do some thing. like sleazy shit walking in to make sure they wouldn't hire him. Yeah, true. He was grinding up on some co-ed as he, he was, was trying walking to into the athletic department. Just be like, hey, sweetheart, how you doing? Just sits down first thing before he gets coach. Guys, I'm okay ignoring domestic violence. It's a big here's my reference. Here's my reference. It's just Zach Smith's contact information. And listen, I have no problem disciplining players. Just shows a picture of Josh Lambeau. Exactly. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what my favorite part is? Like your favorite sp- podcast, your favorite sports commentator in the whole world, Colin Coward, used to claim this man is his good friend. And I'm like, hey, Coward, how's that rolling for you right now? Yeah. yeah uh, maybe don't claim that. Uh, yeah. Or my still, I think still my favorite is what you, you just, you, with your sleuth journalism, was discovering how. Um, was it, I think you sent me the video of how, like, um, if a quarterback is dating Cowherd's daughter, his opinion of them changes instantly until they break up. Like, he was like all over Trey Lance when they were allegedly dating, and then the second they break up, he's shitting on him. Now, DTR, I think, is her current boyfriend, and like, he's like yeah. praising him. I, it's, I, I, it's sports media sucks, bro. I'm saying yeah, I, didn't, sucks. I, I don't want to take credit for discovering that, but I've seen it, but yeah. You're no, the one who like, sent it to me, so I'll give you that. Yeah, back. yeah. It's like, oh, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's got a strong work ethic. He's great. He's got that dog in him. He's gonna fight and work to Bring win. Bring my daughter home one time. Wait, that one slip out. And then they break up, and he's a thug. Put him behind bars. Cut him. <laughs> like just, just goes full like switch he around right there. Howard. What the oh. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So. All right, let's get into the AP poll now. Okay. And we're just going to go through the movers real quick. Uh, Jared, I'm sorry, Miami down to 25, drops eight spots. Kentucky down to four. LSU moves up. That's fair. LSU moves up one to 22, and Notre Dame moves down 11 to 21. I don't really have thoughts on this. Yeah, Miami kind of deserved it. Kentucky got drubbed by Georgia, which – Dropping four is fair. LSU moving up one. Notre Dame down 11. Checks it, out. 
everything kind of makes sense. I mean, I thought Notre Dame was going to fall out of the top 25 completely, but the fact is Louisville is like the new sensational ace. Every year the ACC is that one team who plays above their pay grade and knocks a bunch of teams off. And then I think it was like, it was, like, it was Georgia Tech a few years ago. Then it was uh, Wake Pitt. Forest the COVID year. Wake and Forest then, COVID year. Pitt a couple years ago too. Yeah. They and had only, like one I think Pitt's only, Pitt's only loss was against like Miami – who was the big? Who was the other big one in 2020 before Derek King's knee went? So it's ACC area has always has that one team that's just a fucking thorn in everyone's side. Like nobody's gonna knock that the best teams in the ACC are Florida State, 50 feet of shit. Then it's like a cluster of North Carolina, Duke, and Louisville and Miami. Yeah, that's. I'm not even gonna. For, for once, I'm not even going to argue with you putting Miami in there because outside of one stupid non-kneel down, they are undefeated. Yeah, and let's be honest, even that stupid non-kneel down, when you look back at the tape, it's blatantly fucking obvious. I could sell it when I was blackout drunk. I'm like, his elbow was down! I'm screaming at my television. And of course, you know, the what? ACC refs. Jimmy Johnson had an eloquent, eloquent quote. He said, if you give the refs a chance, they are always going to beat you. I was paraphrasing yeah. there, but he said that after the 87 loss to Wu Holtz in the Fighting Irish. So, kind of hey, fits. Man, that's that's Soviet money lining the refs' pockets. Uh, Ryan Day don't like Ryan Day's a true American. Yeah, man, just a true patriot. Uh, number 19, you got Tennessee moving up three. Also at 19, there's a tie. Washington State dropping six spots. Duke up two. Utah up two to 17, 16, respectively. Uh, I shockingly haven't had any real issues with the top 25 this year. It's been very good this year. Ever Probably week three, they, they actually start getting their shit together. So, I mean, obviously they're always going to – it's like it's like a standard to overrank Notre Dame, so I can't really get on them about that. But, honestly, Duke's played well. Their one loss, they basically got freaking mollywopped. But the, besides that, like – or two losses. I can't remember. Yeah, they lost another game. Um, but they didn't really have any bad ones. I mean, they should have dropped Florida State a lot more when they almost lost to Boston College because let's be honest, that Boston College team is a is basically a D two college football team, and they they were talking shit about the red bandanas and they basically they they almost took an L. Um, yeah. But I think you know, they should have dropped for talking shit about the red bandanas, but yeah, well, that's I mean, like, listen, the chat, the, the, the inbreds from Tallahassee are not known for their class, let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, other than that, honestly, this year I've been very surprised. Like, I was happy they kept us in the top 25. I mean, listen, we're gonna have to fight like hellhounds to get out of get back into anything relevant, but you know, whatever. Uh, one loss isn't the end of the world. It's not a death blow to a program with the playoffs. Uh, but Louisville, after their big win, they're 6-0, moving up 11 spots to 14. Ole Miss moving up 3-13. to UNC up 2 to number 12. And South Carolina drops 1 to number 10. Uh, Jared, do you have any thoughts on any of those? Again, like, they're fine. Like this, these I, I okay really have no issues. And what's crazy is I think Louisville has played great so far. I think the biggest problem is that like it, Notre Dame is a great team, but they also, I think the back end of their schedule was absolutely brutal where I thought M Miami's was bad. They finished it with Boston college, which you and me might be end up, end up being live boots on the ground for, but I, 
it's it's weird. The ACC, everyone's schedules in the ACC are so freaking backloaded this year that the yeah. absolute chaos is going to ensue in about three weeks. So around Halloween, that's when everything goes absolutely haywire in that conference. So I, I'm i not putting much stock in Louisville yet. They had a great win, but also Notre Dame's about as soft as melted mozzarella. So That's fair. Uh, I Alabama's look better. I still don't think they should be this close to the top 10. Top 10. You can't almost lose to USF and be almost in the top 10. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, but you're, you're going to have the Alabama pedigree. It's going to keep you close. I love it. I know you do, buddy. Uh, next up, Texas drops six spots to number nine after losing the Red River shootout. Oklahoma up seven to number five after winning that game. And then Florida State up one and Ohio State up one to fill in the gap left by Texas. Uh, I, I don't think Ohio, I, I don't have issues with it. I think Ohio. I don't think Ohio State's going to be ranked here at the end of the year. Uh, that team, honestly, I don't like Lou Holtz. I think he was right. I think they're a good team. I don't know if they're a great team. If you they, are out physical by Notre Dame, that's a bad sign. It's a terrible sign. They might get thumped by 50 by Michigan, and that's horrifying to think about. They might get f- pumped by 50 by fucking Penn State. No, they will. It's going to be at least – you can tell – you know, as much as I, I give your call shit about Penn State, they may put up 45 on them before they even get across midfield. 100%. I also think Penn State has a similar thing going this year as Michigan had last year. Yes. With McCarthy, where – yeah, he's not playing great, but he's playing good enough to win. And then once the big rivalry games come up, they're going to flip a switch, and he's going to—he threw for four touchdowns two weeks ago. Yeah, he's—they're going to have to rely on the running game and defense sustained games against rivalry because it's—he's playing against like secondaries that are just not close to the standard of some of these teams he might face if he could get in the bigger games. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see kind of how the rest of the season shakes out. I feel like. I feel like every team this year, the top teams, like they have There's a noticeable. A weakness. Yes. And I love, I was, we were talking about this in the show two weeks ago. I said, listen, this is so fucking delusional. But like, if, if you told me, Hey, listen, Jared, would you put 10 bucks down your hurricanes, make it a run? I'm like, well, the Georgia tech game kind of put a really big shotgun sized hole in that. But I, I, a lot more than 2020 where like, I'm like, okay, this is all well and good. We're going to run to that buzzsaw headed up by Trevor Lawrence at the end of it. What's the fucking point? This year, it's like Georgia can't score points. Ohio State's about as physical as a box full of puppies. Um, Florida State relies on an all-world quarterback and an oversized receiver. Texas and Oklahoma are good, but they have they lack holes on both sides of the ball. And I think Texas is severely undercoached. They have a great – I think Quinn Ewers is a great quarterback prospect. I think his biggest problem is they over-rely on the big play and – Oklahoma exposed that. And, you know, every other power, and like what? Like Louisville, really? Their secondary is terrible. They're going to get, they're going to play a legit quarterback who can throw the football. Like, honestly, that game against at Miami end of the year might be like a 55 to 48 game. Yeah. So it's, I, I totally awesome. agree. Oh, no. The end of this football season, all the, all the non conference games are done. Listen, I got my win. I got to stick it to Jimbo Fisher finally, but, like I am excited from now through like championship Saturday. It's going to be just absolute pure effing chaos. And I'm here for it. 
That's true. We need a little chaos to go my way this weekend on my 16 leg parlay. Yeah, no, uh, you're going to lose one of them. But I, I appreciate your sentiment, though. I mean, you should have taken Dude. Miami. The number line is better. Uh, so I was picking mostly just favorites and then Purdue. Oh, see, I have Purdue as my gimme. <laughs> and, and here's how this weekend's going to go. I already know. Scripts All of these are going to win. Purdue's going to win. And Notre Dame is going to lose badly to USC. Yeah, that's how it'll go, and who'd I will you, be. Very who'd you upset. take in? Uh, who'd you take in the in the uh, so in the border war? Washington, uh, Oregon. I did not have that one. I took. I just. Wa- I just went through the first sixteen. This show won't drop until after Corner Booth comes out. So, but I took Washington. I was just like something about Bo Nix. And I mean, I, I got to look more into Washington's defense. Like I texted my supervisor because he asked me for my picks. And I'm like, I think Washington's going to pull it out. It's in Washington. Um, Oregon's best win is Colorado. Which is not bad by any stretch. But like, I don't know. I think that this Penix kid is the real deal. Yeah. This kind of reminds I- me of when Andrew Luck went down to USC when they had uh, John David Booty at quarterback. And they smoked them. That's fair. Uh, all right, Jared. Do you want to talk about Miami? All right, hats backwards, boys. We're doing this. We're getting dirty. All right, so let me be honest here. As much as Mario Cristobal is to blame for trying to get that, to making the dumbest call of all time, Miami deserved to lose that game. Tyler Van Dyke looked fucking awful. Some of those, for a guy who honestly should have some Heisman hype the way he's played up until now, and how he played against Texas A&M was lights out, he looked awful. I don't know if he just drank something wrong the night before, his girlfriend said something weird to him the night before, or the those stupid club lights they kept blasting during the freaking stadium. Oh, by the way, get those ugly-ass Miami Knights uniforms off that. Go back to the OG black, orange, and greens and stop. Just stop trying to reinvent the wheel. This is why we need to go back to being a Nike or Jordan school because Adidas ruins everything. But that being said, Miami showed Miami's defense was there. They they just I think they were so shot by the end of the game. And that was, by the way, that was not a fumble by Cheney. The elbow was clearly down, and the ACC was like, nope, nope, we don't want the chaos of uh, admitting we were wrong and costing Miami a, a win, so we're not going to even acknowledge this. But there were a lot of just miscues, miscoverages. I think they came in thinking they were going to thump because uh, they, they, they were looking ahead. It's the most cliche thing on the planet. They knew who's next this week. And everyone's like, oh, Miami hates Florida State. No, there's one team we hate just as much, if not more, right now. And it's the team we haven't beaten since I think Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. And that's North Carolina. I think Chris Herndon had three touchdowns last time we beat him. It was 2017 was the last time we knocked off uh, North Carolina. And so it wasn't Trubisky. Whoever it was, um, got, it was Chaz Surratt was their quarterback. Now NFL linebacker. So the biggest thing for me watching this game was, one, they looked ahead. Two, I think this week we're going to see the real Miami, the same Miami that walked in and just punched Jimbo in the mouth. Now, I don't know what North Carolina we're going to get because this may be the best quarterback duel of the weekend. 
and this is what I'm going to talk about on the show, is that like Drake May versus Tyler Van Dyke could honestly be a Sunday football game in five in three or four years because both of them are pro prospects with good enough arm talent and good enough mechanics to be solid pro quarterbacks so they get to the right place. Drake May obviously was a lot more pro prepared, but Miami's defense looks unbelievable. And if the running game can recover from that abysmal showing last week, it's that's there's a reason it's only a three and a half point spread. Optimism is the word. We took a ego hit, is the best way to put this. That's fair. And and you brought up the ACC refs earlier, and you brought up Cheney being down. But this is a problem with Cristobal. He refuses to kneel the ball out. Mario, this isn't Madden. In Madden Online, people get pissed when you play it like actual football. This is actual fucking football. Yeah, kneel we, the game we, out. We even Madden kneel the ball because we're like, there ain't no way yeah. in hell. If it's yeah. too close, I'm taking a knee the entire game. Yeah, just kneel it out. It, it's not that hard, buddy. Go home with your win. Live the fight another day. You don't need to put up more points or get more yardage on Georgia Tech. I promise you, nobody is going to care. They were they were going to drop in the rankings anyway because of how bad they, that game was. They didn't score. They didn't score a point until almost halftime. The Diamondbacks and Dodgers game I was watching on the other screen scored first. Um, yeah, it's. So I guess the best I'll offer you this counterpoint quick and I'm done talking Miami and I'll let you finish. Um, I think the Miami was going to lose to North Carolina if they won against Georgia tech. I think the win, the losing to Georgia tech was a reality check. And that is a very pissed off, dangerous Miami team. Also, I think they're like, Oh, and eight off a bye in the last 10 years or one and eight or something. It's something stupid. Like where the record is just ridiculous. They're Oh, they're like, no, it's two and eight off by since 2013, 14. So, so they're, they're, they're like the worst team off by in college football. But um, I think 17 was the last time they won off by. But I digress. I think Miami knows what's on the line. They had, they had, they're that terrible team in 2022 had North Carolina by the throat, but Drake may just beat him with Josh Downs just down the field. But I think this, I think the sun is going to be a good game. So just get your popcorn ready. I think Miami also has had somewhat an identity crisis the last few years. Uh, you shouldn't be in Adidas school. You it's, shouldn't. No. Donna but, Shalala deserves to be in prison for that embezzlement. I, I think non-Nike and Jordan schools have a certain stigma against them in people's minds. Yes. Auburn's an Under Armour school. Maryland's the only one that gets away with it, and that's because the Under Armour founder went to Maryland. Exactly. Everyone else, if you're in Adidas school and Under Armour school, I'm sorry, you're not winning a national championship. The last Adidas school to win a national championship. Uh, shit. <laughs> last Under Armour school to win a national championship was uh, Auburn. Auburn in like 2010? Yeah, Cam Newton year. Cam Newton year. Yeah. And so get rid of... Get rid of the Adidas. Just get rid of it. I think their contract's um, up in a year or so. Just just call Nike. Tell them you're sorry. Go to Jordan Brand. They, yeah, they need to be harassing Jordan Brand. Jordan Brand fits what Miami needs to do to be successful. They need the, the swagger back. Jordan Brand will fit that. The Yeezy phase is gone. Like, it's gone. Adidas is not yeah. cool anymore. No, not at all. Uh, and then also... 
Get a fucking stadium. It's on the way. It's on the way. Okay. Two years. USF, USF is getting their own stadium. Yeah, we we're two years. We're getting our own stadium. Okay, it's coming. I will be 31 years old when it opens, and I'm going to. I I actually plan on going to their ho- first home game. So I think that's it. Uh, I'm not gonna jump the gun on saying fire Cristobal, but he's gotta he's gotta clean it up. Oh, he's gotta clean it up. But this is the most. This is the best culture Miami's had since 2016. Mark Richt. Yeah. It's been a lot of seventeen. Was felt like it was like where was the where was the linchpin, and it happened against Pitt. Twenty sixteen, when there was all this optimism, Brad Kaya got us to a not a bowl win. There was a lot of optimism in the air. This is the best vibe Miami's had since twenty sixteen after we whooped Virginia, West Virginia. That seventeen year always felt a little off, except for the Florida State win. This has that same kind of vibe where it's just we're hungry, we've got nothing to lose, and it's a lot of optimism. But you know, this was this was the <laughs> we're not there yet, guys. Loss. That, that's fair. My concerns would be my, I, and I've talked about this year. Miami cannot handle being middle of the road. And my concern is they might jump the gun on firing Cristobal if another slip up like this happens thinking the next great coach is out there. So I think the only thing you got to realize is when it's an ex player, the leash is stupid long. So Randy Shannon had to commit crimes basically to get fired. Allegedly. That's fair. And like, listen, Al Golden was an outsider. His leash was about as short as it can be. Mark Richt was a player. He retired because he's basically, he he meant it. The illness was getting to him. Manny Diaz had a short leash because his culture in that locker room was terrible. Oh my god, that was that was abysmal. And like, and I don't remember hearing a lot about guys getting arrested and committing excessive crimes. No, but they were just they were partying. They, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was getting like, like, were- like the the Jarrett Williams year. What I literally said this on the podcast in 2019 with you on the corner booth. I said. They probably would have lost only one game if he stayed. If that team stayed sober, and it, it never made sense to me why on they always smoked everyone on four thirty or night games, but one o'clock games it was always they were down until halftime and they would light you up in the second half. They were fucking hungover. All right, look, they're all nineteen twenty. They should not be having hangover still by one o'clock. Eh, I've had a couple hangovers that last me until like five, like when I was like 19, 20. Okay, that didn't start for me until I was 22. Yeah, genetically now, with everybody. N- I come from a long line of alcoholics, but now uh, I'm in bed. I'm I'm out the entire day. It's brutal. <laughs> Dude, I've had to go to work like hungover four times last year. It's fucking, it's so oh, That's why I don't drink a lot during the week anymore. Uh, yeah, and also I drink less on the weekends now because my girlfriend loves me and actually spends time with me. Oh, I I'm, have been I'm a strong proponent. <laughs> I have been a strong proponent on this show, and I have said it before. She has improved my life greatly. Oh, I know you're less of a miserable asshole. <laughs> oh, and we've talked about it with Kiernan. Can you imagine how I would be after the Texas game 
and after the USF game if I was not happy in every other aspect of my life? Buddy, I had to reality check myself because I seriously was like about to like, if I wasn't hammered myself to drive up to mass to make sure you're okay. And then, and then I'm thinking to myself, Oh wait, he's got someone who gives a shit about him now besides me. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It, during the Texas game. Also, you would have driven up to Massachusetts and then realized I was in Colorado. Yes. And that's the, no, well, yeah, that's probably where my drunken problems. <laughs> um, this is yeah. why kids, you don't start day drinking a game. Oh, I was drinking because I think, I think that was the same week as, uh, that was the same week as Temple Miami. No, that was the same week as Texas A&M Miami. That's why I was drinking so much. Um, That's fair. Celebrating like a freaking fiend. Uh, okay. I'm 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 done talking Miami. If that's okay with you. Okay. We'll fly through the last two because I know you got to go. Uh, Texas is not back. They lost to Oklahoma. Uh, this isn't shocking. There, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and then missed the college football playoffs or like lose the big 12 championship. They're building to being back, but they, it's a building. One more game. I don't know where on their schedule, but they're, they're close. Yeah. They're closer than Miami is right now. Yeah. And they're, and that's what 99% of programs are. Even Colorado with all their transfers, they're not back to 1992 when they won a natty. But uh, what we really want to talk to you about is Mark Stoops. Uh, after getting trounced by Georgia, he was talking about NIL and things. He said, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days, and we could use some help. That's what they look like. You know what I mean? When you have 85 of them, I encourage anybody that's disgruntled to pony up some more. Uh, I have absolutely zero issues with these comments. He did not point out. He did not say Georgia did anything wrong. Yeah. He didn't say it's unfair. He said, we need more money. Georgia spent the most money in the country on recruiting this year. Their NIL collective. Okay, so they surpassed Texas A&M this year. Thank God. Yeah. Their NIL collective is insane. And if teams want to compete, they're going to have to pony up money, as Mark Stoops put it. I think, you know what, I think the the days of this, like, pony up money thing are numbered. I think the NCAA is going to find some way to fucking ruin this. Um, Thank God my my university finally decided, hey, we should probably put money in our football program. That might help us get better. Um. You know, the Rock, A-Rod, two billionaire alumni that we have. A-Rod's like a proxy, whatever, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I Mark Stoops' comment, it makes sense. But the way he phrased it, it's just optics. It's not great because then you say, hey, Mark, look at the program across your athletic department who had Drake shooting hoops with them during pregame, pre-game things before NIL became a thing. You guys were known for kind of for players. So – I get what he's saying. It's just him being the coach of Kentucky is fucking hilarious because of Kentucky basketball and obviously the reputation. But he's not wrong. Listen, and the and the best part about this is Georgia is going to be a, a college football playoff entry possibly, and they still might lose because they they can't literally score points. But yeah, I I think that's more a statement to what Mark Stoops is saying though. Yeah, Kentucky's been paying players for a while, as winning programs have done for the entirety of college football history. If you think they don't, except Alabama, they're clean. They've never paid a single player. Uh <laughs> Mercedes Benz. Oh, Jesus. Hey, hey, nobody has changed hands. Just changed glove compartments. Do you know how they got around that? I'm I'm assuming it's something with the lease agreements or something like that, right? Yeah, so from what I've heard. 
uh, the car dealerships they would go to would have a one day only special deal where you buy a car, you don't owe any payments in for four years. And then if you can't make the payments after that, you just give the car back. Jesus. That's like, you know what? Ain't the worst thing in the world. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you make it to the league, you make payments or you just give the car back. And then if you don't make it, you just get the car back. Hey, listen, but, your your boy, your boy, the uh, the goat of college ball coaches, taking care of his players. I I find that you know what, honestly, that's that's the most admirable one I've heard of these uh, these schemes. I still do like the McDonald's bag uh, of money, though. I think that's still my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I it was hilarious. But uh, back to Mark Stoops, I think gives more credence to what he said. Kentucky's had this money. Yeah. They just, but it just shows how much more Georgia has. Well, it also shows how little Kentucky actually gives a fuck about football. They mm-hmm. are a basketball school. They want to be a basketball school. They don't care that much about football. Yeah, it, it's and technically, even I think even there isn't their baseball team higher ranked than their football team right now, or something like that. Or like preseason, I I saw something. One of their other pro sports teams is ranked really high. Uh, amateur. I don't even know. Kentucky, Kentucky sports besides basketball to me are about as useless as, uh, you know, those little toothpicks that you get at a restaurant. It's, it's a nice thing, but it's like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Kentucky was ranked 17th to end or in June of last year. I don't know what else they were. That's, or, what that's according to the NCAA website, but still, yeah, no, see, they don't, they don't care about football, but I think my buddy Ethan's actually a coach on that team. Um, well, yeah, no, I. What'd you say? More money on fo- tell them to spend. Tell them to spend more money on football. <laughs> Listen, I mean, they had they had the Connecticut kid, <laughs> Mr. Mayo, Will Will Levis, and they still couldn't make it. Um, oh man, you uh, think you, know, you can it, win? You think you can win a with a quarterback who eats the banana peel and puts mayo in his coffee? I think he's doing that to intimidate his opponents. I I think if he didn't do that, they would have won a natty with him. That he killed their chances that bad. I, I think he needs to start eating banana pills on, in London while he's walking around out there right now for the Titans and just see who the how many of these uh, British people he scares the shit out of. I feel like the Bobbies would say, "Hey, do you have your banana peel eating license?" Mm, yeah, you can only you can only have it if it's peeled because you can still stab somebody with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll, I'm gonna let Jared get out of here because he's got a show to do in half an hour. Jared, thank you as always. For coming hey, on, my pleasure, uh, buddy. My ass, love having you on. Always, always love coming on the show. Because uh, I get to talk college football yeah. without Mason talking about Oklahoma for twenty minutes. Exactly, we barely talked about Oklahoma today. Uh, this enough. episode, as always, is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com. Promo code tailgate for some great sunglasses. Uh, they got some great shades for the Eras Tour. If you're going, uh, I've talked about this before. I'm going next year. I will be wearing my Yeats to that show. It's going to be great. I get to watch Travis Kelsey's girlfriend sing some songs down in Miami. But uh, some housekeeping as well. No episode next week. I will be in Las Vegas. Uh, Everyone pray for me that I don't come back married because my family will murder me. I will too because I wasn't invited. There is a 50-50 chance. 
I can't get that because she's responsible ish. No, she is not. <laughs> we, uh, she's the one who would probably push for it more. Uh, Jared, how about this? If I get married, I will text you about it first. <laughs> Give me at least eight hours to get out to Vegas. <laughs> no, I- I'm just going to text you after. I'm not going to tell anyone before. I no one's. I'm not going to have anyone talk me out of it if I commit to doing it. I might like unscrew the tires in your Jeep for that. <laughs> uh, good thing she has a car to take us to the airport too. All right, everyone have a good, safe, fun weekend. Don't drink too much, and if you do, do not drive. Seems like a simple equation. Exactly. That's my uh, Pat Sajak spay and neuter your pets. Uh, if you get Barker. drunk, it's Bob Barker. You're right. Uh, it's my Bob Barker spaying new to your pets. Uh, it's, hey, if you drink, don't get a DUI. Unless you're Marcelo Zuno. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandal, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well. Thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight and four this year, and half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.